um, and I say this in a lot of podcasts that I'm on, um, because the biggest, biggest gift that I've gotten from psychedelics is that um, the voice in my head matches the love in my heart matches the energy that I give. And that to me is congruency. When all of that is aligned and all of that matches and all of that is congruent, that's when I really believe like you really are your authentic self. Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Right. I'm here with Jaden Ray, the founder of Magic Glow, Steamy Kitchen, and Fresh Karma. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show and introducing me to all of your listeners and watchers. Yes, yes. Well, uh, tell us exactly what you do uh, with all three of those uh, companies. I know they're kind of got their own slot in there. And then kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, if you could. Yeah, so I'm a television chef. I my specialty is live television. So it's those morning shows where we're like we I'll do a four minute cooking demonstration either at the studio or in my home kitchen, and then we we um, stream it live. Mm-hmm. But I've been in the food industry for you know I started a food blog 18 years ago, maybe oh, wow. even a little bit longer. So this was before. In- Instagram was even born before social media was even a word, right? Um, so yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. I've written a couple of cookbooks, and um, you know that's the food world. And uh, you know I have a whole team that runs that business. So fortunate that uh, it's uh, you know I built a four-hour work week, a la Tim Ferriss. And so you know that uh, that gives me the flexibility, more like the brain space and the emotional space and the financial space to dive into something more fun, like psychedelics, you know, that I do with um, Magic and Glow is our community. Um, We host a free microdosing Mondays every Monday at five o'clock Pacific. And, uh, you know, we specialize in microdosing, wrote a book on microdosing, um, and as well as other psychedelics. Um, And then, uh, you know, I have a cannabis company here in Las Vegas, Nevada that I run with my husband. So that kind of all ties in together. I mean, what started first? Was it cannabis that got you going first or interest in psychedelics? Actually, no. Cannabis is brand new to me. In fact, I did not like cannabis for the longest time. And it really wasn't until about, um, you know, six months ago that I finally got it. I finally, finally, like, unlocked the secrets of cannabis. Because my husband used to tell me, like, oh, you know, you have to build up your tolerance for you to enjoy it. I'm like, you know, what kind of, what, what kind of, oh, there goes my doorbell. (laughs) What kind of, you know, world do we live in where I have to build up my tolerance, build a tall, I have to build a tolerance for me to actually enjoy cannabis, but you know, he was right. And so finally I I got my tolerance build up and now I really do enjoy it. I still have baby lungs. So I still smoke out of the volcano, the volcano, (laughs) the turkey bag, the oven bag. Right. Um, but I do love cannabis now. Um, but psychedelics came about two years ago. I was, um, 
I was at a, you want to hear the story of how yeah, I started? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. I love stories. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was at a friend's house and uh, he, he lived in an apartment and I asked him, like, I would love some coffee. I really need some coffee right now. He goes, okay, I don't have a coffee maker, but I will be right back. And so he goes downstairs to the lobby, gets a coffee, brings it up. And I asked him like, okay, well, where's your coffee? Don't you need coffee in the morning? He goes, no, this is my coffee. And he plops down a mason jar full of mushrooms. And mm -hmm. me being so like naive, I'm like, what are you going to do? Make me soul soup out of this or what? <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> these are magical mushrooms. And I, and I was fascinated um, that he gave me some microdoses and oh my gosh, within just a few days, I could tell just a massive difference and a shift in my emotional wellness, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't yeah. have a personal drug dealer. So right. <laughs> I, and I didn't want to rely on him to get my medicine. Right? Sure. So I had to learn from YouTube how to grow from spore and it failed miserably failed totally miserably. And uh, it just took me a while just to get everything dialed in. And then I joined um, Willie Maiko's Patreon and okay. Discord and mm -hmm. um, with his help, oh my gosh, now, you know, I've learned so much and he's now one of my mentors and he wrote the forward to my microdosing book. And we've got a couple of projects that he's going to be involved in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So that, that's how I started psychedelics. And um, so that, I mean, that's pretty recent too. Yeah, that was like two, two years. years ago. So, yeah. you know, now like I, you know, studying when you study how your medicine is grown and you actually grow your own medicine, mm -hmm. there's a certain level of relationship and respect mm -hmm. that you have mm -hmm. for the medicine. And, you know, that that's something like, oh, my gosh. And I, I highly recommend anyone that is looking into doing psychedelics, especially with psilocybin to learn how to to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like things like cannabis and, and mushrooms, they are like bioremediators. So it's good to know that they're grown in a nice, clean spot or environment too, as well. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk more about your businesses. So um, with the uh, magic and glow, I think that's kind of how I found you a little bit. I found you through a group and uh, yeah. the magic and glow. You, you said you have the Mondays. Yeah. So what? it's a community. We built it on mighty networks um, okay. the online platform. And it's just, you know, it gives people a safe place to ask questions. Cause you know, mm -hmm. on Instagram you get censored and you get, in fact, I'm in Facebook Tough. jail right now. I can't post in Facebook. I can't go Ooh. live in Facebook because they said, Oh, you, you, <laughs> you showed up mushroom twice and now you're in jail. And so now I'm in, in jail. Um, you know, I've always, you I've been be in the in the online business for so long. I know what it feels like to have someone else control and have the keys to your yeah. business, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You know, and I've always believed in having my own platform so that I am not censored and I have you know I have ownership. So we built Magic and Glow as a fit, uh, really safe place for people to ask questions and for me to show you know funny things like mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there then you go. Yeah. And then every Monday we do a live a Zoom call. We record it as a podcast, but people join in live and we get to, you know, answer questions and just to get to, you know, do some dialogue with people because um, there's so many people that are incredibly curious and just don't know where yeah. to go. So we provide, a, you know, just a little safe resource for people. Right. This silent censorship or even just censorship that you can even tell like what you're going through right now is... It can be crushing. I mean, uh, especially when you're coming across as an education source or, uh, like you right. said, a, a safe place. It's uh, it's tough. You know, 
I used to, I wrote this whole article years ago, probably, oh, eight, nine years ago. And I said, you know, social media is like the mean girls, you know, that movie mean girls, like they can change the rules at any point in time. Yeah. And that can completely messes up your business. Like even Google, you know, with search and SEO, like you build your business a certain way based on the rules and suggestions that, you know, Google gives you. And then all of a sudden they, oh, you know, sorry, we changed the rules. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what happened? So, you know, these days, you know, doing business online, it means that you have to work with that kind of situation but you know and, and especially in our world where it's almost like you know a little bit um you know black market gray market taboo right uh, right you have to be very careful and to give all of your power to instagram all of your power to other social media platforms is really tough way to run a business it is and i'll tell you you know when i first started doing all this they weren't really into the quite the um censorship that they were into before and so right. i was building followers quite quickly and then in the last maybe year it's been a struggle to even build anything right. you know they don't they even tell you if you look at your settings and stuff that they're they're not you know showing you to new people or or putting you anywhere you no. can be seen so that's crazy, <laughs> crazy it is crazy. Crazy, crazy but you know we got to play by some of their rules yes. they hold the keys. Yes. but in the meantime you know using platforms like you know building your own community is really the safest way um right. you know i i traditionally have built my business in a very different method than most people do i use television i use other people's platform to you know be able to spread my message um and you know it, it's um it, it's great that way because then i can say oh you know i you know, today i want to write for i'll give you an example this is a uh, vegas cannabis magazine nice. and um they um i write two columns for them every single oh, good. month one's on psychedelic medicine okay uh, and then the other one's really fun the other one's called um sip nibble and trip and that's the art of psychedelic cuisine. And so here's the other one. And in return, they give me ad space for free. Okay. So being able to be think a little bit outside the sure. box when it comes well to our business models. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's somebody that needs something, the talent that I have. And in return, I, you know, we can exchange talents. So if you think a little bit more, um, you know, out of the box and mm -hmm. utilize other, other methods to grow your business, you know, that, that is just uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, and there's probably a lot of different avenues. Like you said, I even thought about that, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I didn't know you wrote articles too. So, yeah, actually, that's how I built Steamy Kitchen, my food blog, okay. years ago. So 19 years ago, I used to write for the newspapers, and I used to write mm -hmm. for Discovery Channel, Tampa Tribune, and I used to do a lot of television locally. And I started small, and then, you know, a few months later, a bigger station would call, and a bigger station would call, and a bigger station would call, and then, you know, I found myself doing um, um, live TV on Today's Show and oh, CBS wow. Early Show, and, and I found a lot of success in that. And in the yeah. writing side, same thing, you know. My first writing gig was uh, to, with a newspaper that was free in a small, tiny, tiny town in Florida, and this newspaper would come every Thursday, but it, they throw it on your driveway, it's free. And mm -hmm. of course, no one really read it because, you know, it's just on your driveway. Um, but I started with that, got my experience in, and, uh, and then a new, bigger newspaper called, a bigger paper called, bigger paper called, into the point where you know discovery channel asked me to write for them and this was years ago but that's how i grew steamy kitchen and and now in magic and glow and with a specialty in psychedelics you know i thought well why don't i grow the business the same exact way so therefore this was my start and now you know i Got can it. take that same exact content and syndicate it to other magazines and do the same thing do the same trade so nice. you know being able to grow your business in a way where 
I'm not spending a lot of money um, being able to, you know, do win-win partnerships. I, I really think that I would love to see more people do something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, in your book, to lead into that, your book was successful too, right? That you, yeah. Can you explain um, that fact, book to us a little bit? Yeah, I wish I had a copy of Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, this is the Microdosing Guide and Journal. Um, okay. And basically, it's a daily journal for people who are microdosing. And the reason I wrote this book was because, you know, when I was first starting the microdosing regimen, I took post-it notes and uh, how many milligrams I was taking, what time I was taking. And then I would have post-it notes everywhere. And of course, I would lose my post-it notes. But one of the most important things around microdosing is being able to track and your dosage, where you got your medicine from, what time you took it, and how did you feel at four o'clock? How did you sleep the night before? And be able to you know, judge and adjust your dosage based on the feedback of your own self, because everybody processes psilocybin different, or if yeah. you're microdosing on other substances, you know, your body chemistry is very different. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't track it, you can't improve it. And if you don't improve it, you don't even know if it's working or not. So we wrote a, a daily journal that helps people kind of fine tune their dosage and, you know, just, you know, the typical journal stuff. What are you grateful for? What are you looking forward to? Um, what do you want to work on? Because people are microdosing for a reason, you know, it's not just for fun, mm -hmm. it's for, to, you know, to increase their emotional well-being. In the guide, in the book, do you have like uh, steps to take uh, for the microdosing itself? Like how to look yeah. at the milligrams and how to look at the... Right. We do. We teach people how to make capsules, okay. um, safe sourcing tips. You know, I think the number one question I get, and I don't know about you, but people are asking me, where do I get, how do I get, you know, mushrooms? And, you yeah. know, there's only certain things I can say right. for my own protection. But what right. I can do is provide you tips on mm. safe sourcing. And yeah. that means like, it, go on Instagram, look for people who are cultivators mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. posting their grows, they're posting their <laughs> harvest and look at the comments. Who's following them? Do you know anyone that's following them? How are they handling answers or questions? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Are they nice? Are they rude, et cetera? Mm -hmm. What's a general vibe, you know? And, you know, just more like an, the biggest, I think the biggest tip I tell people is like your first host order, don't make it like three pounds of, you know, you've got to build trust. <laughs> There's trust yeah. both ways, right? Sure, sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, just as you have to trust a supplier, the supplier has to trust you. Mm -hmm. And so you build a relationship and, you know, your first host order, if it's like two pounds of mushrooms, you were like, okay, who is this person and why are they buying two pounds? But, you know, to, you know, little tips like that to get people, um, find, to allow people to help, you know, find their sources, their sourcing safely. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Cause I know that's a big question and it's a tough one. Uh, states are changing though. I know like Oakland, California, pretty right. safe place. Uh, Colorado, obviously there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Colorado and then, yeah. um, Oregon, we're on the verge of, of, you know, clinical therapy with it. But uh, what, what's Nevada like? Can you tell us about Nevada real quick? Well, we just had um, a Senate bill being introduced um, two weeks ago. And actually, mm -hmm. I um, provided public comment on that. Um, we still have a ways. I don't think it's going to pass this time around, but it's it's there and we're talking about it, which is, you know, so much ahead yeah. of many other states um, that, you know, the, the the departments that have concerns, of course, are the law enforcement departments. Um, and generally, you know, 99% of everyone else that was commenting was in support of it, especially the veterans groups and mental health mental health groups. So I'm really hopeful. And then, you know, I urge everyone to contact their local representatives and find, and you know, look on Meetup and and on Craigslist to see if you can find a group that's spearheading this, um, you know, this, this movement. 
Come join yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that really interested me when I first uh, saw some of the work you were doing is the fact that you were doing this incredible delicious looking uh edible work with psychedelics and that's a huge thing because unfortunately even if you really like mushrooms you know magic mushrooms if you will aren't the tastiest so. no it tastes like crap <laughs> yeah they do actually yeah, i think so you know i i think because i'm so used to playing in the kitchen with with my food blog with the cookbooks mm -hmm. that i've written in my background you know i my my zone of genius is really taking something complicated and making it breaking it down making it so easy taking out all the unnecessary steps and explaining in a way where people can say oh i can do that um and so you know combining psychedelics and the kitchen is really like a match made in heaven for me because yeah, yeah. It's my realm right yeah. um yeah we've, we've been playing a lot i can make um psilocybin cotton candy i can make mescaline cotton candy yes. I've, I've taught myself how to extract mescaline from cactus um and do you know some of the more simpler conversions now i will tell you that if i do it again i i got really lucky when i didn't blow up the house um, <laughs> yeah. i'm not the best <laughs> chemist you know in high school if i didn't if i wasn't the teacher's pet i probably would have failed mm -hmm. <laughs> high school chemistry and i was when i was doing some of these extractions i was thinking oh my gosh you know i i this is so dangerous and I, <laughs> I really should take a little bit more precaution and maybe have someone that is um has experience in lab work kind of you know guide me through because mm -hmm. You know, there's some dangerous chemicals that are being used when you do, you know, different types of extractions. Extractions. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's a fine line between being a chef and being a chemist. I mean, it's I so close, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, being a chef, the most I would, the worst I could do is burn the butter, you know, and burn the garlic. You know, when you're yeah. doing, you know, organic chemistry, you could blow your whole house up. House so. up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Take precaution, kids, and, and pay attention <laughs> to high school chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> well now steamy kitchen that is that's where you do all this work right well i do the food side with steamy kitchen with i actually the, don't do a lot of the food stuff anymore um you know magic and glow has really been my world these where days you and focus yeah yeah and uh, you know my the next book that i'm working on is called sip nibble and trip cooking with psychedelics um okay, my, my, nice. um <laughs> i'm putting on an event later this year it's gonna be so much fun um what i'd love to do is do like a five course meal sip nibble and trip meal and every single course has a microdose of a specific psychedelic and we start with oh, the lightest okay. and maybe we start with like mescaline and end with the heaviest so something like dmt right and mm -hmm. so maybe uh you know i'd love to do a salad with um croutons with mescaline inside mm -hmm. of it so mescaline croutons and and maybe yeah. like a magic mushroom tart and you know what i would love to do is like a prime rib with acid au jus <laughs> have that acid be in the au jus but you know every course builds upon another and mm. it's just a microdose so it's not like you're going to be slammed by the course three you know and every course is paired with the right type of music that matches the medicine and can you imagine the visuals the sacred geometry projected right. on the walls and it's it's yeah. almost an experience of it itself beyond just the food and mm. we lead people through a guided a mini guided journey and towards the end of the evening you get to experience something so magical that you know when you combine all of these different medicines together and of course not all medicines can, can be combined so just yeah. know that i do have um people who are trained and specialists in in making sure that it's the right combination but two yeah. combinations that i really really love is um psilocybin and mdma 
the two together are magic and it's kind of like psilocybin is really for your head right, right. it's for mm -hmm. your thoughts and then uh, mdma is really for your heart and so when you combine the two in a microdose format it's beautiful because you're you have heart-centered thinking your heart okay. your thoughts are very heart-centered and mm -hmm. it's a very very different experience and if i can lead you through a beautiful journey that wow you to quiet that mind, that that voice in your mind, have the yeah. right music and guide yeah. you through just something that's very healing. You know, every individual course builds upon each other, and uh, you know that's so that's what I'm. That's my next project that I'm working on. That wow, that's just amazing. Like that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really cool that you're doing that. I had never thought about intentional use of like mixing, like say you said the MDMA and in psychedelics, but I bet you that could be quite the enhancement uh do you yeah, find you it know, also you know, the kids these days they'll go to the clubs and they'll do you know candy flipping and right. they'll, you know that's fine on a party setting but you know i do psychedelics for healing work and i do psychedelics sure. to be very much in touch with the wisdom within and i know that sounds really woo but mm. well, don't get me wrong i have fun too but yeah. uh you know when you do it very intentionally mm -hmm. and you set out a path of okay i want to use this medicine as medicine and not just mm -hmm. as a party uh right. a party drug um you know that that's when the real work begins. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed too, the more people I, I've talked to about using it both intentionally as a tool and then recreationally, I found that the people that use it recreationally all the time end up not really enjoying it anymore. Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas the people that use it intentionally and as a tool of sorts um, on the healing side end up liking it more. So it's weird right. how mushrooms work that way where, or even psychedelics where depending on your intention will depend on your long-term road with it. Um, right. getting back to the food, what, it, what about the dosage? Like you feel confident, like you're, you're messing like with acid, LSD, stuff like that. You're mixing some very small, small amounts. I mean, yeah. how do you control that dosage with food? You can do that. Well, you've got it. Well, it's, it's measuring. You got to make sure you measure everything out in a super, super um, accurate measurement. And then, mm. uh, you know, you, uh, you have to dose everything out. There's a lot of chefs that specialize in cannabis cuisines. And so, mm -hmm. you know, they're used to making sure that you have not too much. Otherwise, you're going to be faded before a dessert comes. <laughs> you know, right. right. But I mean, like you can homogenize uh, like LSD. With yeah, you can you can get amounts. it in a form or you can just use it as a finishing element right before you serve the dish and you I use see. it um, because there's some um there's some compounds that don't do well in heat so for example psilocybin you don't want to heat mm -hmm. it too hot it can it can I withstand see. some heat but not a lot and so you use it more as a finishing and then a lot of the extractions that i like to do so i'll you know i'll do here's an extraction for you we, we created a, an extraction using the the whipping siphon or the whip it um but i'll add a mushrooms crushed mushrooms psilocybin into a wh whipping siphon or whip it and then add in lemon juice and then charge it with nitrous oxide. And what happens in there, you're familiar with lemon tech, right? It's actually, if you know how to do it right, it's my preferred method. Right, right. So basically- but it can be overwhelming tech, if you do it wrong. I know, I've right? had some pretty uh, strong trips with it. Me too, Accidentally. me too. You gotta do, you gotta <laughs> do, measure things out right. So yes, you, right. Um, with lemon tech, basic lemon tech is you soak mushrooms in lemon juice. And right. what happens is the lemon juice mimics the acids in your stomach, which does that conversion from psilocybin to psilocin. And when you do this, instead of just soaking in lemon juice, I actually like putting it into a whipping siphon and letting the nitrous oxide, the gas and the pressure 
assist me in the extraction and a more, more, um, more complete and stronger extraction. So what happens is if you put mushrooms and lemon juice into a, a whipping siphon and charge it with nitrous, the gas will actually open up the cell walls and allow for the lemon juice to come inside the cell walls of, of the mushroom. It will do its magic, do its conversion. And then when you release the pressure, you know, it pulls everything out. And so instead of just relying on time, and soaking, mm. I'm actually mm -hmm. forcing that, you know, forcing the citric acid into the mushroom. And then you strain it. You can discard the mushrooms because they taste like shit. Uh, and mm. then you use the lemon <laughs> juice in something like you can use it in a salad dressing and replace that lemon juice that you normally would use in a salad dressing with the lemon tech, which is, you know, activated. So if I start with two grams of mushrooms and I have two ounces of lemon juice, I know that, you know, every ounce has one gram. So you just have to do your math out. Okay, say that again so I get it. Go ahead, say that last so part I again. I start with two grams of mushrooms. Mushrooms. Okay. okay. And I put it into the, and, and soak it into the lemon juice. Yeah. And I add two ounces of lemon juice. Two I ounces for two grams. Yeah, mm -hmm. two ounces for two grams. I, every ounce has one gram of mushrooms in it. Yeah, yeah now, I gotcha. Can we be more accurate? Absolutely. Do we have the testing methods at home to be able to be more accurate and measure the silicin levels exactly? We don't have that technology just mm. yet, but it will come. Yeah. You know, it will come. We can just, you know, when you when you eat mushrooms now, this is, you know, maybe like a, a, a half a gram. So approximately. Right. And you can have a, you know, a milligram scale to measure that out. But it's, you know, and every mushroom has a different potency. So it's almost like you have to judge based on your experience and what you know about that strain and and, you know, trial and error a little bit. Now, is one gram per one ounce? Is that as about as dense as you can get it or as strong? No, as that's, you can like, get it? that's nothing. Um, you can put eight ounces in there with two ounces of lemon juice and do the conversion and so now it'll you know, still it'll get right down to that two ounces worth well you might be able to squeeze a little you're going to strain the mushrooms yeah, out I see. and yeah, you know it, yeah. you might get a little less but you mm. know you can kind of do the math you can gotcha. kind of do the math out but yeah, yeah. as long as you have enough lemon juice to cover your crushed mushrooms you're fine yeah. um yeah. And, and if you crush the mushrooms or you grind them up coarsely then all of that will soak into the lemon juice and you'll be fine that's crazy. That's that's so awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I missed that one uh, Monday that you did that uh, the um, whipping. Oh yeah, the whip it lemon tech. Yeah. I'll have to do it and again like, because everyone's well, always so interested. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Everyone's you should. Interested, and it's just um, you know a lot of people in the psychedelic world have a whipping siphon already, so mm -hmm. <laughs> let's use it yeah. for what it was intended for, which was <laughs> you know infusions in the yeah. chef in the culinary world. We use the whipping siphon for two reasons. It's to make whipped cream. Which, uh -huh. by the way, we can make psilocybin whipped cream with it too. Yeah, with so the you same add idea. the lemon tech into with your, yeah. your your whipping cream and make whipped cream and it's activated. Um, and we also use the whipping siphon for rapid infusions. So, for example, if I take a jalapeno mm -hmm. and I take vodka, I put it in the whipping siphon and mm -hmm. charge it. I, what I get is jalapeno flavored vodka. So I took that and said, hey. I can do this with mushrooms and citric mm -hmm. acid or mushrooms and ethanol or cannabis mm -hmm. and ethanol. I can mm -hmm. do lots of different infusions with it. That is so amazing. Yeah, so well if you done. To, if you have a whipping siphon, this is what I would do. Freeze your cannabis buds, freeze your ethanol. And I would get, mm -hmm. you know, Everclear, the, the higher percentage or food mm -hmm. grade, you know, 
uh, ethanol, 200 proof ethanol is what I use, food grade, uh, freeze that. And then once it's frozen, now you're doing a, a like a quick wash, but it's with cold, everything stays cold. The nitrous is naturally antibacterial and it also helps with the cold because it is mm -hmm. cold, right? Mm -hmm. And you can do an extraction in five minutes of cannabis and ethanol. And now you have, um, you know, a, you know, really, really good infusion without all of the, the chlorophyll, you'll have a clear infusion, not a green one. And it leaves behind a lot of that because it's cold. It leaves behind a lot of the lipids and uh, the chlorophyll and it's so more of a full like spectrum, high. if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is really awesome. You are very resourceful, very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I play. <laughs> so I imagine because the lemon juice has citric acid, will that preserve whatever uh, amount of infusion on the psilocybin? How long will that preserve it for? Do you know? You know, we've had success for up to like I'd say six weeks is a good okay. you know, number. Is the citric acid, the psilocybin, uh, the molecule is pretty unstable. So yeah. the longer you have it soaking in citric acid, it will it will break down. The psilocybin okay. is a little more hardy; it will last a lot longer. But you know, we've done some measurement. I think uh, my mentor Willie Michael has done um, some testing around that, and they said, well, over over the weeks, the psilocybin will degrade, but the psilocin will actually increase so you know in the end if you consume it within six weeks refrigerated then you should be you should be fine okay is that in final product too like if i took that say lemon concentrate uh, mm -hmm. infusion or whatever and made gummies or whatever could i stick those gummies then in the fridge and, and potentially have that last like that yeah as, okay same thing. yes yeah. very very cool. similar and you know in terms of like shelf ready products i think there are some other people much smarter than me that can tell you how to make that more shelf stable <laughs> so it's six months instead Interesting. of six weeks mm. but that's above yeah. my pay grade <laughs> <laughs> um so now, because we are psychoactive and we do talk about uh, cannabis, can we talk about Fresh Karma? Absolutely. Well? Yeah. So that's more recent, right? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, my husband, I always, I joke that he's been in the cannabis industry since, he, since the fifth grade and he really has, he got suspended in fifth grade for having cannabis <laughs> when he was 10 hey, years like old or it. something like that. So I he's like been, guys that do. I know. So yeah, he's been in the industry since he was 10. Excellent. Um, so he's worked in the traditional market as well as in the, as in the, um, the legal market. And most recently he was, um, a wholesale buyer for planet 13, which is the world's largest dispensary here in Vegas. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he, he deals in big, big bulk, um, wholesale deals and, uh, about, you know, Oh, almost a year ago now that we started off on our own. We created our own agency and now we, you know, Planet's one of our largest clients now and we also source for other major, major players in the game. Um, I think we have products and cookies and um, we also work with the smallest cultivator in Nevada with 7,000 square feet of, of, of um, growing space, really tiny. Okay. So we work everywhere from, from the big MSOs all the way down to the smallest, tiniest, you know, um, Greenway Medical is the one that's the smallest here in Nevada, but we love working with them. And we play in the wholesale space. So we buy and sell in bulk. We match cultivators with producers, um, production runs, and also with uh, um, dispensaries as well. So it's kind of fun because, you know, our job is to go inspect the weed, buy the weed, sell the weed, smoke the weed, smell the weed, <laughs> talk about weed. And between 
The food was steamy kitchen and psychedelics was with magic and glow and cannabis with fresh karma. I, you know, I don't think I, I'm missing too much more other than maybe if we opened a donut shop, that would kind of complete the full circle. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are busy too, I imagine. Yeah, I we mean, are. Um, you know, like I said in the very beginning, um, steamy kitchen gives me that flexibility because I built it out as a four hour work week type of business. It gives me the flexibility to pursue other projects and, you know, having the right team in place is is absolutely key you know i trust them with running the entire business for me and um you know without them i you know i this all this playtime would not be possible but we have projects here in nevada with cannabis um, um we also have a project in um barbados um and everywhere you know when you when you play in the cannabis space you're and in the hemp space your your playground is worldwide right now what's the i mean what's the the market like there in Nevada in terms of cannabis? Is it getting pretty tough? Is it? It's really hard right now. Things have shifted so much in the past past 12 months. Uh, You know, the taxes are eating people alive. Um, Mm -hmm. Taxes are just, you know, the rules that the the cannabis board has are just uh, sometimes unreasonable. It makes me think, oh, who are these people? They they probably obviously don't operate a cannabis business themselves. Right. Because otherwise, <laughs> why would you make rules like this? And um, you know, it's yeah. just not sustainable. Um, so we're very very creative when we put together you know packages and deals. Um, I think we found our success in you know being um, I guess you call us brokers being in in the industry mm-hmm. that we can. In the valley, we can see, you know, oh, this cultivator has excess biomass. That producer has um, um, machines running idle, and this dispensary needs more product. So we're able to to stitch together a program that works for everybody, where everybody can make money and everybody is happy. And you know, sometimes you know, you can, as a small business, especially as a small business that's stressed around, can I make payroll? It's so easy to put on those blinders and, and just only focus on your problems and not being able to like see above and say, oh, we can work together and we can, you know, partner together and make something happen. So that's where we come in and we're able to do deals like that. That's amazing. I don't know that Oregon's been very successful in that particular little segment. Um, farms go right to the dispensaries, you know, and it's, yeah. and, but Oregon has been, we've been, the licensing has been cut off and everything for a long time. So I was yeah. just curious about how Nevada was handling it. Um, oh, it's, it's horrible glad. here. <laughs> I wish we had more people that were able to operate profitably in our market like you guys because yeah. we need people that can connect those dots and we don't have them um so a lot of sections will suffer because they're not getting to the right people you know a right. lot of dead weed and a lot of right. uh, a lot of uh, suffering dispensaries but you know what's really sad is uh, the part that actually makes me more most upset is that if you have failed cannabis that fails testing for pesticides or whatever it is mold yeast you have to and you try to remediate it and then you test it again. If it fails, you have to destroy it. Mm. You have to completely destroy it versus we can use that waste and we can sell it as waste. We can sell it as waste to someone who who can process it and take out Mm. everything, all the bad components and Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. valuable, but you know, to force cultivators to actually destroy it in a fire or dump chemicals on it while being watched you know that to me is not right you know there's there's just there's so many things that we can do better with in the industry um to prevent waste and uh, to make sure that people have a way to actually be profitable um that's you know that's that's really i'm hoping that um people wake up and see we need to demand better legislation 
Yeah, yeah. Now, did, did Nevada get hit with the hempers when I shouldn't say hempers, but the hemp farms? Did they get um, did they get abundant in Nevada when that all passed uh, through the? No, there are farms. Um, there are farms, and we've got a lot of land. Um, mm. uh, so there are there are a lot of people who have gone under just because they can't, yeah. you know. But yeah. you know, there's in yeah. the hemp space. Actually, I'm going to Colorado tomorrow where there's a big mm. hemp conference um, Wednesday through Friday, and we're just going to go and meet people and talk to the farmers and see where do they need help. Where can we where can we help them? Where can we match players together and where can we match buyers and sellers um, and see if we can you know make some some deals happen and make everybody happy and make everybody some money. So I think we're going to head out there and just to just to meet some. Farmers, I would love to be able to, um, you know, find ways, you know, very innovative ways um, for people to make money. Like right now, there's a big demand for THCA flour. And a okay. lot of yeah. in the hemp business don't even know what THCA flour is and don't know why it's so important. So, um, you know, being someone that, you know, straddles in both um, industries, it's it's easy for us to say, oh, there's the opportunity. Oh, you know, we can you have waste, you have mother liquor that we can that's waste. We can use that in this application. So, uh, you know, just uh, being a little more innovative is really what we're good at. I'm jealous you're going to Colorado. I want to go. I'll meet you there tomorrow. I know. I'd love to go. That's that's a destination that's on my my bucket list for oh. sure. Um, yeah, and there, I think you can even walk into dispensaries and buy mushrooms there in Colorado, Denver, uh, Denver I believe now. Yeah, I think so. I think you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in Colorado that are in the mushroom world, and I'm sure we'll get a beautiful tour uh, once there we go. get there. Mm. Hopefully, I got some genetics hanging around. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, I, I just want to go full circle uh, back to Magic and Glow. Um, I, uh, with the education part and, and um, then you got the Mondays and stuff, yeah. is there, are you going to keep extending that and growing that section? Yeah, actually, I have a really, really fun project coming up. And have you, okay. been, to, have you been to Vegas? Have you been to Area 15? I have not another place. You know, I'm so close too. I'm only hours away, hey, but uh, I yeah, I, I, someday. <laughs> well, Area 15 is this big event place and inside there's Meow Wolf. And if you've ever been to Meow Wolf in Colorado, we have one here in Las Vegas as well. And it's a big art, you know, installation, very experiential. And if you go, you, you know, I highly recommend psychedelics um, mm -hmm. when you go. But um, we have, um, I have an event coming up in June and um, at Area 15 and Mata's Yahoo and the original Whalers are um, going to be headlining the event, which is I'm so excited because, uh, you know, it, being in the cannabis mm -hmm. world and in the psychedelic world, I'm sure you, you know, that Modis Yahoo and original whalers are big in the, in the industry, in the cannabis, in the cannabis space, um, in terms of fans, the fan base, but, um, they're headlining the event. It's a one day wellness and music festival, um, at area 15 and the, the, <laughs> the program that I'm doing is psychedelic journeys without psychedelics. Now, oh, okay. you might be wondering, wait, I thought you liked psychedelics. I do. But um, <laughs> I came up with this um, idea. Oh, it was about um, sometime in December, early December. I did two back-to-back -back heroic journeys with, with, uh, with mushrooms, one on Saturday, six grams on Saturday, six grams on Sunday. And from that, you know, I realized like a lot of, and I'm sure you have friends like this too, a lot of my friends want to have a psychedelic journey, but they're scared of the psychedelics. Now, when you first yeah. took psychedelics, was, were you a little bit nervous? 
Uh, yeah, I was. I I did, but you know, I don't know. I'm. I just jumped in. You just I jumped did my in. Three right. grams. But you know, back then it's different. Now remember, back then this is back in like say early nineties. The mushrooms back then weren't quite like the mushrooms they are now. I know. They're so, much more just like cannabis. You know, yes, back then, yeah, I'm sure right. cannabis was weed was weed, right? Yeah, and, and now yeah. we're getting like 33% THC. Right. What the hell is this? How did you create so, this monster? So you're right. Yeah. So right. yeah. So back then, yeah. So I took three grams, I think, and it was okay. It was probably like a microdose today. You know, three grams right. today, you gotta be careful of. <laughs> right. <laughs> so well, you know, like I have a lot of friends that are curious about what a psychedelic journey would be like, but they're scared of the psychedelics. And I thought, well, wait a second, I can give you somewhat of an experience without, with or without the drugs, with, with or without the psychedelic medicine. And, you know, is during my journey um, in December, I was thinking, well, how do I get people into a, a psychedelic state to be like open-minded, open-hearted and quiet that voice down. It's really that voice in your head that needs to be quieted down. Because when you're in a psychedelic journey, it's actually a very similar um, state as when you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. And when you're in meditation, um, sometimes when you're in yoga or when you're in flow state and that theta brainwave state is something that I can, we can create. We don't, you don't need the psychedelics. And with that, that means like binaural beats. That means the right music. That means if you're in a room that I, I flood your visuals with a sacred geometry projected on the walls. And I also can guide you, lead you through a guided journey where once you're, you've quieted that voice down and once that you, you know, you're in an open-hearted, open mind state, we can go through a beautiful journey without the, the psychedelics. Now, if you come to the event and you're on the psychedelics, even better, but it's not, you know, not necessary. And it gives people like just a little taste of what it's like. And, uh, you know, I, you know, as a former alcoholic of 27 years, you know, I, I stopped drinking when I, when I started microdosing and that was just my savior is uh, these little mushrooms. Um, but when I, you know, I, as an alcoholic, I realized like, I don't want to, have someone addicted to something else. You know, mm -hmm. I don't personally don't want to be able to mm -hmm. have to take something in order to experience something. Right. I always mm -hmm. believe like, just like, um, you know, everything that we do in, in life, you don't need something external. I want to teach you how to get there on your own. And I want you to experience it without, without the psychedelics, if that's what you want. And so that's, that's our first you know, experiment is at area 15 in June with the psychedelic journeys without psychedelic event. That's, that's awesome. That's great. Now, do you think you're going to cultivate more of those journeys? Like where you're at, like in your hometown area? Yeah, well, actually, um, if you really think about it, this is mm -hmm. what I'm creating. Um, when I'm leading people through a guided journey, I'm actually just creating set and setting between people's ears. Right. Right. So, um, what I mean by that is if you want to go on a journey, that's playful, we can lead you through a, a playful journey where you, 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 you're in touch with your inner child and you play, right? If you want to heal some deep wounds from your, your past, we can do that and we can lead you through, you know, a journey. Um, and you, uh, let me ask you this. Do you remember those uh, choose your own adventure books? Oh yeah. I loved them. Okay. Loved them. I saw you that post too. That was really cool. Oh, I have that, that book here. This is on IG. I think you posted <laughs> right. My that one. Yeah. That so cool. Look at the artwork on that. It's a butthole. <laughs> I was so going to say. Uh... This is my, uh, this is a choose your own adventure book, but it's titled my a-hole fell into a K-hole. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I had to get it. But it, like, if you can, like 25 years ago, I came up with this concept of the psychedelic journeys without psychedelics. But back then I wasn't 
focused on psychedelics, I actually was um, wanted to create something for women and sexual healing. And back then, 25 years ago, I bought the URLs, um, sensual meditations and sexual meditations. And what I wanted to do, and I didn't have the technology to do it back then, but I have it now, is marry a trashy romance novel with a choose your own adventure book with an app. So instead of reading about someone else's sexual adventure or watching someone else in porn, you are the star of your own sexual adventure and you get to speak your choices and the app hears you and leads you through a rabbit hole of a story. And so, you know, this was for women back then. And uh, I thought, you know, wait a second. I can do this with psychedelic journeys and give some people when they're going through a journey, give them an element of control that you normally wouldn't have in a psychedelic journey, right? And be able to speak your choices of what you want to do. Follow John through the red door or let's go play on the beach or um, no, today I want to go fly through the forest um, and, you know, speak the choices. And so basically the business model is really set and setting between your ears. You know, because mm-hmm. set is everything inside your body, setting is everything outside of your body. And if you have yeah. if the right music, the right binaural beats and the right guided meditation and guided journey. And if you close your eyes and I can paint a beautiful picture for you, I can lead you through a journey and then you're the star of this journey and you get to have some element of control. So I think there's a business model out there around around this. Um, we're just forming our team right now. This is still in the very beginning stages of this oh. concept, but um, you know, that's that's kind of the direction that I wanted to go. And you know what makes me happy is doing something that is innovative and that makes healing more accessible to people. <laughs> that's really cool i like that it's really nice um and i'm glad that you're doing it in areas that probably aren't quite as i don't know they're not as popular yet you know what i mean your state is anyway right right um, you know in my um you know friends of mine in new york they would love mm-hmm. to do have a mushroom journey but they're a little scared yeah. and sure. you know sometimes journeying is a very private thing that i like to do by myself and not necessarily with other people, you know, so, you know, when people ask me, Oh, can I trip with you? Or can you do mushrooms with me? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult, difficult decision for me to make because, um, it's a very personal space. And so having mm-hmm. a tool like this, where I, you know, you, it's like someone holding your hand and say, okay, here's your guided journey. You're, you're going to, you're going to have so much fun and I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to lead you through it and be able to download that and have a whole catalog of set and settings, have a whole catalog Mm -hmm. of, of journeys. And if you, you know, my goal is to have, you know, a celebrity, let's just say, for example, Snoop, I would love Mm -hmm. for him to narrate a guided journey of leading him, leading us through his psychedelic journey and having so much fun with that. Right. So, you know, like I said, we're still in the beginning stage of this concept, but I really think that this is something that it would be so much fun. And, uh, you know, imagine Mm -hmm. all the people we get to help because, you know, if you're, if you're in trouble or you want to improve yourself, if you have money, you, you know, if you've got things that you need to work out, if you have money, you go to a therapist, it's expensive, right? If you don't have money, where do you go? If you don't want to take the psychedelics, where do you go? And so I want to provide a resource for people that, you know, regardless of whether or not you want to take the psychedelics, there's a way to heal. There's, there's someone there to, to walk mm-hmm. you through and guide you through that, that very personal, deep work. Do you have some good experience now behind you with, um, you know, being essentially a, 
a sitter, if you will. I, I don't know what the correct term is. Well, anymore. I, yeah, shaman, sitter. Sitter, shaman. That's not really my area of expertise and I don't pretend it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I have people that I've, my friends that are very, very mm -hmm. experienced. My husband has been, he's been in the psychedelic mm. space just as long as he's been in the cannabis oh, okay. space. So oh, he's got oh. quite a bit of experience, but, you know, gathering the right team of therapists, gathering the right team of vision makers and, you know, people that specialize in that that those visuals, the sacred geometry and, and be able to just, you know, um, create a beautiful experience that touches your heart, that actually lets you quiets that voice to let you listen to the wisdom within, um, deep inside of you. That's, that's our job. Can I ask you a couple personal questions? Absolutely. Not too personal. So what's your, what's the most profound takeaway you've gotten from the psychedelics i mean other than it sounds like you really want to help people and you really um feel that the it's a great tool as far as healing and stuff but uh what have you gotten it from it or what have you gotten yeah from it? you know i will say like um and i say this in a lot of podcasts that i'm on um because the biggest biggest gift that i've gotten from the psychedelics is that um the voice in my head matches the love in my heart matches the energy that i give and that to me is congruency when all of that is aligned and all of that matches and all of that is congruent that's when i really believe like you really are your authentic self and so having that congruency um that that's been the biggest difference and you know um there's many times in my in my past where i you know i want to be a certain way but that bully in my head mm. tells me mm -hmm. something different and so that's not alignment right and that voice in your head can be either a bully or an ally and you know with with, with especially with psilocybin it's becoming more and more of an ally and i can quiet that bully down and it sounds like i've got some weird weirdo living in my in my body in my head but you know when you have that internal dialogue that you have um can be either a bully or an ally and to yeah you know, that's what psychedelic has um has definitely given me um and that's the greatest gift ever you know, ever. Do you, do you do like long-term programs with psychedelics? Like do you do macro doses still? Oh yeah. All the time. Occasionally. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, do you still do micro dosing? On yes, I do. Um, I might okay. on a couple different things. So um, it just mm. depends on the day that I kind of like, you know, the kind of day that I want to curate because every different medicine mm -hmm. has its own footprint, right? Um, right? Psilocybin is for groundedness and focus. And it's kind of like mm -hmm. I always describe it as if I was a tree, I'm growing more roots deeper roots in the ground. And so I'm solid and, you know, it, I still get knocked off my feet, but you know, the time it takes me to snap back to center is so much quicker. So, you know, if, in the days that I need, I feel like I need that, that groundedness, then I'll microdose on mushrooms. If I feel like I want to be creative and playful and that's y'all you know, microdose on acid. And that's, that's kind of like, mm. if I was a tree, that's like growing more branches and like this expansive it's, you know, and, you know, um, upwards and expansive and creative. Um, and then, you know, ketamine's a different flavor. Different Ketamine gives me a different kind of feeling that I might need towards the end of the night because I quit alcohol. And then so I started microdosing on ketamine to help me with that transition and that process. So it just really depends on what kind of day that I want to curate. And, you know, I invite people to actually think of their microdosing practice as something similar because uh, you know, maybe you want to, you know, explore with other substances and it, microdosing is a great way to do that. 
Which brings me to this question with you, since you've started experimenting with cannabis more, you know, with, with less of a tolerance, do you find any kind of synergistic effects between cannabis and, and mushrooms specifically? Psychedelic I mushrooms? do, you know, for me, like I said, mushrooms is about growing more roots. If I was a tree, mm-hmm. um, um, cannabis is more of like, um, brother and brotherly and sisterly love. So, you know, connection with people is, mm-hmm. um, that's what that gives me almost like a brotherly sisterly type of, of feeling. And then the two together is just really great. You feel super connected to all things, all people, you know, um, on the microdose level. And then on the macrodose level, you know, everything has its energy footprint. And when I was on my, when I was on my um, big macrodose in December, I was like, I found myself talking to the toilet, telling, telling the toilet, good job. Thank you for holding my butt cheeks. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a second, what? Am I really talking? How much to empathy? <laughs> <laughs> that was TMI, right? You know, you become <laughs> you become very in tune with the energy of things that are organic and inorganic because even though it's inorganic, it took organic energy to create it. So there's always, mm. you know, there's always energy around it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, being like, I, I know it sounds cheesy, like hashtag grateful, right? <laughs> Everyone says I'm grateful, <laughs> right? Uh, hashtag gratitude, you know, but really yeah. you know, the two together really are magic. And and I mentioned before, like um, MDMA and psilocybin, heart-centered thinking, combining the two. So I'm a big believer in combining, you know, just gotta be careful, do your research on what things you can't combine, like, for example, MDMA never combined with MAOIs. Um, that's not a good mm. combination. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you just you know, do your research and ask ask around. What's your opinion on MOI? MAOI? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, there's one thing that I haven't done yet. Um, and I have not done an ayahuasca ceremony yet. Um, that's something that's coming in my near future. And that is um, the combination of DMT with an MAOI to extend the experience. Um, uh, So, you know, people who are taking antidepressants, um, sometimes mushrooms won't work with them, microdosing mushrooms, because that blocks, um, it kind of cancels each other out. And so uh, it it just really depends on, you know, the substance and what your body tells you it needs and, you know, how things kind of work together chemistry wise. I'm probably not the best person to talk about those type of combinations, but, um, yeah, I'm yeah. Really careful. I always do my research and I'm always, always asking my mentors, you know, what if I do this mm. with this, what happens? And yeah. I'm getting more than one source of information and answers is highly recommended. Have you tried DMT before? I do. Not I ayahuasca, but yeah. Oh my, you do. My most you do. Oh, so you, you, <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love, I love the frog. My, my son. Okay. First of all, my son uh, <laughs> turning 20 this year and he lives here with me and he loves, he has this like big tank and he's got like lizards and like geckos and stuff like reptile, like reptile thingies that I don't like. But I was like, Hey, how would you like to raise Sonoran desert toads and <laughs> make uh, so your mom can make some DMT <laughs> and, 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 joke. and he's like oh yeah you want to order them and I was looking online they're not that expensive to buy these toads and then all of a sudden one day out of the blue I like there's this package at the front door and it said frog company and I'm like no <laughs> no and I called my son I'm like can I open it he's like it's just moss, mom. Just, <laughs> we got it. Uh-huh. We got moss from the supply store. I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Darn yeah, it. Like DMT. Oh, my favorite. I love DMT. Mm. Um, you know, my I had such a profound experience with um, um, uh, 
having a, a DMT experience and being able to what, you know, I was on the edge of the galaxy. It was so peaceful. But then at that moment, I felt the generations of women before me, like my grand, mm. my grandmother, my great, great grandmother, all these women, all my ancestors that came before me. And I felt their love, their wisdom, their heartache, their hardship, their pain, their suffering, their joy, all of that. And I realized like all of them have come to create me. All of that energy has come to birth me. And mm -hmm. who am I to waste a single day of my life mm. living in fear or living in, um, mm -hmm. you know, angst, because mm. that would be a disservice to all the generations of women that have come before me. And then, you know, the generations that come after me, what am I letting them inherit? What am I passing mm. on? What kind of energy am I passing mm. on to generations that, that I carry forward? And, you know, when you think about that, you're like, wow, that's profound. And it's not yeah. about me. This is about everyone before me and everyone after me. I am just, you know, I am just mm. to, to, you know, to suffer in fear all the time and be depressed. That doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. I wonder, and what's your opinion on this? That is a real, for people that really travel into that DMT space and are comfortable there, that's a common theme. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think there's a reason it's a common theme or what's so. your opinion you know, on that? I yeah. saw on Instagram and I wish I saved it, but um, there's somebody started mapping out the DMT worlds. Like it was some kind of, mm -hmm. you ever watch that? Oh, what's that movie? The underground movie where um, um, it's kind of like you, all these, these kids, I think it was on Hulu or Netflix. These kids were going into the underground world. And it's almost like when you're on DMT, you're in this plane and all of a sudden, boom, it's like everything turns upside down right mm -hmm. and you're in a whole mm -hmm. nother world and someone started mm -hmm. I mean, people started mm -hmm. mapping these worlds out and yeah it's very similar it's kind of eerie that you know a lot of people have similar journeys yeah i wonder about that because because yeah just a close friend of mine had a really similar experience to what you just described yeah and it may and it's it's just it's weird i don't know i i hope that it's it's a much better grand reason oh than, i think everything's than, by design. scientists may say yeah. you know <laughs> i think everything's by design and we just are you know know very little you we don't know what we don't know right and if you don't know what yeah. you don't know you don't know right the, the right questions to ask <laughs> so what's a macro dose for you what's the amount of a macro dose for you and what would you what advice would you give the people that do follow you oh my micro dose macro dose is around six grams um, I, I must have a pretty high tolerance because some people tell me, oh, that's not a macro, that's like crazy heroic dose. Um, and then I also freeze dry my mushrooms instead of um, dehydrate them. Um, there, to me, there's a big difference between freeze drying and um, you know dehydrating. I, freeze dried tastes better. It's almost like the texture of puffy Cheetos, but at the same time, it is a more intense, um, and you know, intense trip because you're it's 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 more um when you freeze dry something it freezes it and then it sublimates the moisture out and so you you take away 99.5 percent of all the moisture when you're dehydrated you're just you know blowing hot air and the, the the moisture will evaporate so it's a different texture and it's a different you know mres for the military are all freeze dry because it preserves the nutrients better well same thing with mushrooms it preserves the active alkaloids better so um you know my my potency has is actually pretty high because i i take um um freeze-dried fruits instead of dehydrated fruits 
Six grams of free dried. Yeah. Fruits. Now, would wow. I recommend that to everybody? No, you got to <laughs> no. work up to that. Work up to that. But I have a pretty high tolerance for that stuff. No, you know, I started with microdosing, and I always, oh, yeah. always say, like, to people who are interested in a big macrodose, to actually start with a microdosing regimen first, because here's the thing: is if you, you know, with a, a big macrodose, whether it's psilocybin, acid, DMT, if you're gonna blast off, you gotta find your way back, right? Some people have bad trips because they blast off and they don't know how to get back or they blast off and they don't know what to do. And so when you're in emotional, emotionally in a more stable place after a microdosing practice where you kind of resolve some of those, you know, uh, mm. emotional mm. issues and trauma, uh, work on some of that first and get yourself into more, a little bit more stable place. Then when you blast off, you know, you're in a better spot and you can come back. Uh, so that's the best way I can describe this analogy is, you know, I, I always recommend if you're, if you're, you know, have a lot of trauma that you need to work on and then you decide you're going to take DMT and see, hopefully you'll find the answers, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of like a little dangerous, I think. So it's, yeah. it would be irresponsible for me to say, oh yeah, try six grams of mushrooms or you know, go for a right. DMT. But you know, I always recommend start with microdosing for a couple of weeks, see how you feel. And mm -hmm. then let's, let's give it a try, you know? Do you find that on all your trips, do you get uh, self-reflective every time? Um, Have you ever found that? Or do you ever get to a point where you're like, you've worked enough and then you're like, just kind of just float through it? Uh, well, <laughs> I always get so self-reflective. You know, oh. it's kind of like cannabis. You know, people always say, okay, well, this is a hybrid. So am I going to, you know, is it sleepy time or is it energetic? And, um, you know, I always say, well, if your lights are off and you have soft music playing, you'll go to sleep. If you're in an energetic, you know, space and you do the, you take hybrid, then you'll be energetic. It's really set and setting that really affects you more than more than anything. Mm -hmm. And so, if my set and setting is I'm outdoors with friends, then I'll have that experience, right? And if I'm by myself in my room under the covers, it'll be very self-reflective. So I can, you know, I've gotten to a point where I can better control uh, the experience that I'm going to have. Is it always, I always learn something. I always, always learn something. And, uh, you know, one of my beliefs around psychedelics is, you know, people are always looking for answers outside of themselves. They're always looking for, oh, I need to find the answers. I need to seek the answers. You know, what is my life purpose? I need to find it. And if people are looking outside of themselves, but really, the wisdom is within, you know, like as I was mm -hmm. mentioning to you, the generations of, of my ancestors before me, all of their wisdom I in, have inherited. It just doesn't go away. I might, you know, the, the body remembers. And so what psychedelics does is it quiets your mind and puts you in an open-hearted, open mind space so that you can hear, you know, have a more clear channel of communication. Um, and, you know, that's the job for me. That's the job of the psychedelics. Sounds like it's been doing its job with you. Yeah, <laughs> there's more work to be done. <laughs> but uh, I know yeah, well, you've I, done I a it. lot of work. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I've taken up a lot of your time. Why don't you tell uh, the listeners, you know, where they can find you, uh, your website, um, where to get connected with your Mondays and all that. Yeah. So if I don't, if I get out of social media jail. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram. It's Magic and Glow Co. So Magic and Glow, and then Co for company. Uh, so that's my Instagram, and uh, uh, and then MagicandGlow.com. That's our community platform. That's where we host our free weekly calls on microdosing. Um, that 
you know, that that's the best way to find me. And I would love to connect with all of you. I really, really thank you so much for, for all these wonderful questions. You're a really good interviewer. I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered at all that no, I you feel is important? We, we covered quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. Was, um, Got some good stories. Really, and, really good. Yeah. You know, I would love to hear from your listeners, you know, ask questions. Okay. I would get in, love to get in touch with you, anything you want. Okay. And I'm always here for you. Anytime you need anything, give me a call. I've, I've got lots of resources and um, yeah, lot, lots of, lots of energy and lots of ideas. I appreciate it. That's really cool. I really appreciate that. And, and I hope they do get a hold of you. I appreciate it. Aww, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.